Welcome back to Frenemies. This is the first episode of season two, and today I'm joined by Jillian Els, who has uh, more than 15 years of experience in B2B SaaS, and we are talking all about application processes. How do you spot red flags? What uh, matters to you? How do you check that your requirements are being met? And all of that. Welcome, Jillian. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again, Julia. It's great to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to have you back. Um, Julian, this topic's put up because you're currently looking for a new opportunity. So I'm sure you have a lot of great insights to provide on yeah, what what are your like requirements? What what are the first things you check mm -hmm. when uh, when you apply to a job or you get approached of is this is this a fit? And yeah, what what is most important to you? Yeah, that's a lot of questions in one, yes. but uh, it's true. I I am uh, looking for uh, new opportunities. I've been out of work since like the beginning of the summer because the company I was working in went bankrupt. So it's been an interesting um, journey, so to speak. But luckily, I've had people reach out. Uh, to your point, like, what do you look for when a recruiter out, reaches out? And those I'm very critical of because, you know, they have their own KPIs that they're trying to meet of how many people they're reaching out to. Like, it needs to be a serious reach out. And you can usually tell by how close the fit of the job is to what you're doing and, and whether or not they've actually put some thought into it. Of course, I'm saying yes to more than I probably would have in the past. Um, but I think you that's maybe the first kind of thing to look out for when you're being approached. In terms of applying, Yes, there's job descriptions out there. I find, okay, I'm a leader in marketing, right? So there's more headhunting going on for the roles I'm looking for than there is actual job descriptions on the website. doesn't mean that they, they don't exist. I've certainly applied for some. Um, I try to apply to the ones where I see there's a fit. I'm not going to apply to things that a company I don't want to work for or um, something you know, just to, to apply. I mean, in Denmark, where we are, like there are some requirements uh, when you're in this phase because the company went bankrupt. There's some funds that are guaranteeing um, some of your salary. And as part of that, you have to show that you're actively applying to jobs. But at the same time, I really try to be thoughtful about it and curate kind of the opportunities. And it's also the summer, so there's less of them to curate. It's also a really weird market, so there's less to, to choose from. So I've been taking kind of a multi-prong approach. Of course, I've activated my network. So reach out to all the people that you know and love and you've worked with in the past. doesn't matter if they're in product or whatever, like in, you know, department, um, you never know. And take the coffee meetings and run around like almost like you have a full-time job applying for jobs. <laughs> and uh, so activate your network is number one. I think uh, especially if you've, you've had a lot of experience, it's probably a great place to start. Um, start saying yes to some of these recruiters reaching out, even if um, it might not have been something you say yes to in the past, just kind of get your feet wet and start um, thinking about it. Have people look at your resumes, uh, your or sorry, your CV, see if you can get some feedback on that. And yeah, I think just be open <laughs> to what there might come and take the conversations. And uh, yeah. Keep track of it. I think that's where I'm struggling. It's that I could probably use a spreadsheet or two. I know there's tools out there as well. But if you're really serious and you've got a lot of different angles you're pursuing, it's good to stay structured so you know which conversations have uh, still got you know gas on them and which ones need to be kind of shut down and thank you very much and and so forth. So 
I don't know if I answer all the questions. <laughs> well, as you said, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of questions. As you just uh, mentioned, I mean, the the, the level you're uh, you're at in marketing leadership, a lot of times there is no specific uh, job opportunity, especially if you're reaching out through through your network. And um, so, how do you how do you tackle that in the conversations? How do you make sure that what you're looking for and your requirements are being met? in alignment with what the, what the company is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely one of the disadvantages going through your network. If it's just literally like, oh, let's meet. Oh, this could be interesting. Can I make a job? There's less of those out there, by the way, right now. <laughs> the market is a little bit different. Um, typically, you're going to have more success where there is actually a thought in an open role, or at least the thought that, oh, we wanted to make this higher in the next few months. Um, what you need to look out for is, is really that point that there is no job description. And if you're the first one in the door, sometimes you end up kind of consulting them and helping them define the role, which could be great. But like any kind of hiring decision, they owe it to themselves as well to meet with other people. And if you're the one that defined the role and then they come in with different aspects, it can just kind of, in my experience, dwindle out and not necessarily end in a role for you. So I think the, the most important part is just the expectations that like, Hey, listen, like, I'm really excited about your company or I would love to do this role. This is how I see it. But I really want to understand from you, can we get some pen to paper on a job description and a process and where the timing is? Because I want to make sure that we're both investing our energy correctly. And I think anyone would respect that. Yes. And I think for me, because also talking about like, you know, how to spot red flags. I mean, these are already kind of uh, two. Firstly, of course, that there is a specific um, understanding and expectation of what the role should look like, um, how how you will be measured um, in that role. Also, just talking about, of course, the, the future, like are there plans to uh, build a team, increase the team? Um, and then in addition, also just uh, the transparency of what does the process look yeah. like? So if the company doesn't have a specific process of these are our stages, um, of the application process, then that's already a point where I'm like, I don't want this to be a customized thing. Everybody should go through the same process because I want to know you're going to measure me the same as other candidates. And I actually want you to have other candidates <laughs> because I actually want to want to know that you are making sure you're finding the perfect person for that for that role. If that ends up being me, fantastic. But if not, then, you know, you make the best decision for your company. Absolutely. I think I've said it, you know, in these conversations where I've been lucky enough to been, you know, introduced and, and kind of start the process or whatever and say, you need to go meet with other people. Uh, I am, of course, pursuing other opportunities as well, because, you know, it takes time, especially in these leadership roles at this level to really dig in. And like you say, like, uncover what are the KPIs? How am I going to be measured? You know, I've also run into instances where I get a job description that clearly was just sent through, like, write me a job description of a VP or CMO of marketing, um, chat GPT. <laughs> you get you know, a job description that is literally asking for a unicorn, <laughs> um, you know, or it's just the kitchen sink. And as a marketing leader, you come into most roles anyway and say, we need to focus, right? We all want to do it all, but we are only so many people with so many resources. And to your point, ask what those resources are and what the plan is. Do they believe in marketing? Do they want to invest in this area? Whatever um, potential department you might be looking into those are important questions to see like where do you see this team in a year and how do your investors you know look at this or the roadmap or the marketing or whatever it might be um, just to get a real feeling for how vested they actually are and, and how much room you have to grow professionally as well yeah and i think especially talking you know b2b marketing SaaS marketing 
um, you know, there there is a lot of discussion out there between like you know demand capture, uh, demand uh, generation, or like demand creation, um, and things like that. So I think it's also a lot of checking out that leadership or the the rest of the leadership team understands this and it aligns with how you see this um, and how you would approach this. Exactly. I just did a case presentation um, for a company where they asked uh, in case interviews, by the way, we could probably have a whole conversation about those, but they are what they are. And and I'm okay with them when they're at the end of a process, not in the beginning. Um, I tend to use more time on them than I think is probably fair to ask of someone, but it's because I'm vested also at this stage that I want the job because I wouldn't get this far myself if I didn't want it. So I had to put together a marketing strategy, super broad strokes, um, where I just had to start the whole presentation and say, listen, this is how I approach marketing. So you asked me for increasing the number of leads. I'm going to talk about how we increase revenue and sales qualified opportunities. So we are aligned my MQL number. Yes, it's measurable in some aspects and has a place, but it's not my number one default. Like I'm not just going to be throwing leads over the fence to sales for the sake of it. Um, but, you know, this is how I look at sales and marketing alignment. And this is why that that's okay. And that's where the trust begins and these kind of things. So I just kind of give, gave a precursor to like, this is me and this is how I approach. Just so we're all clear. <laughs> and I think I probably already had said it in the, in the interview process, but it's always good to keep reminding and expectation set, like we've we've talked about a couple of times now in, in different ways, um, just so they know what they're getting. I had a present, and that is actually also um, kind of a green flag for me. I, I want to have a case um, or some some task in the application process. Just to like, I, I like that, um, that way I can show how I think, approach things, um, how I prioritize. Um, and, and yeah, they can, of course, check exactly these things and if it aligns with their understandings and ideas of what they what they need and who they need. Um, so I think that is a, um, yeah, an absolute important, important point. And talking about alignment. Um, so obviously, sales and marketing alignment is something that is really important to you. So how do you how do you check that that exists or that there is the opportunity to to create that alignment? Yeah. And I assume that also connects to who do you want to meet? Like what stakeholders do you want to meet in the application process? Absolutely. I think it's one of the first things, you know, so typically in marketing leadership, B2B SaaS, you might meet with either a recruiter first or a talent manager first. They do kind of like the screening, if you will. And pretty often the next step is to meet with the hiring manager, whether it's the CEO or um, who it might be. And for me already at that stage, you know, if it's to go further, I say I need to meet with commercial leadership. However you define that, who would be my kind of day-to-day ping pong in sales um, in PLG notions. So I have both sales-led and product-led experience. So I look at both opportunities. Um, when it's product-led, it's also the product person. And even in sales-led, I want to talk to product, to be honest, but it's super important and, and product-led and even operations sometimes because I need to know again because I look at revenue and product-led growth uh, companies in order to influence revenue I need to have a say not a say but at least an influence and a partnership with the people that are running the product experience because you know it's not just an acquisition uh, game for me how, as how I approach it um, and just meeting them I think you know we spoke on a podcast a few months ago about this and so much of it is chemistry. Typically, um, 
I've not really experienced where it was like, whoa, this isn't going to work, to be honest. So, but it is just really nice to know what you're getting into and have those conversations up front. My past job with sales leader was awesome, but it still took some education on both sides when we started together. Like, what does this alignment actually mean? Um, and you're going to have to kind of build it no matter what, just because it's not just existing because they hired you, right? Um, but it's important to to meet them and just kind of understand where you're going to be starting from so you're prepared when you walk in the door. And talking about being prepared to walk in the door, um, I mean, this is always a tricky point, but obviously um, you information to make an assessment um, of what the status quo is and where their, their marketing is at. And a lot of times that also means data and uh, and numbers. How do you how do you approach that? And also, how have you experienced uh, experienced that? How willing are companies to give uh, some of uh, these uh, data or numbers up? Um, and what is the information you, you typically receive on on that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So if you're being kind of headhunted, sometimes you'll get a prospectus and it'll talk about the revenue of the company. It'll be some things. So you need to pick that apart. Make sure you're asking the right questions when you get to the right person. The talent manager is not going to necessarily be the person answering those for you um but for example okay you're at 15 million recurring revenue okay how much of that is your own ip versus you're reselling something else? like you really need to dig into the things particular to the company so that you will understand where the revenue is coming from what go-to-market models they have how they see it growing what their burn rate is what their runway is um you know there's a lot i've learned in my process when going through a bankruptcy right like at some point the money will run out if you're not managing their cash flow carefully. Um, and you just kind of need to understand like, okay, if I'm going into marketing, what's the chance that they're going to ask me to slash my budget in two months time? Like these are the kind of questions that I think you're trying to, to figure out. And typically in my experience, a lot of founders are pretty open about stuff and they'll just rattle off the numbers, but they'll rattle off the numbers they're most proud of. Right. So you need to dig a little bit deeper sometimes. And, And to be fair, again, at this leadership level, they will put the dirty laundry out. They're like, oh, we have a churn problem. We're aware of it. This is what we're doing. And this is part of the reason we're looking to bring you on board to help with customer marketing or whatever. Um, so typically you'll get that kind of stuff. Um, Andrea Kamal, I think is her name. She's um, part of the Pavilion Network I'm in. She's got a great um, article on her LinkedIn, if you check it out, of all the questions you should ask. And it's a lot. And it's all these metrics, but it helps you also break down why those metrics are important. So I can recommend uh, that article, you know, what's the NRR, but what's also the gross retention rate. So it's not just revenue, but how are you retaining logos? Okay, you're losing them. Why is that? Oh, we had a COVID specific product. Fine, makes sense. But these are the kind of things that you really need to, to dig into. So you're, again, walking in the door prepared and, and know what the expectation is also of your role. To impact that over time yeah i think one one uh, good part also like as you as you point out with like you know asking a lot of these questions and going into the metrics is of course first of all you check that leadership um is aware of these metrics as well and uh, understands them which already is an important point but also you actually get more of an idea of what um is their overall um company uh, strategy what is their business strategy and how do they see it going the next year the next two years the next five years um so you again also get to check um if that fits with what your expectation is and where you would see this going um because of course marketing is only one aspect of this 
Um, and we, we, yeah, I mean, marketing can't drive it all. You can't drive it without sales. You can't drive it without product. So we are just very dependent on all of these other departments. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to who do you meet with, right? And part of those, like, okay, you want to, everyone wants to get to hundred million recurring, right? If they're not, you know, if they're more early stage, okay, how do you see yourself getting there? Like, are you going to go up market? Are you going to, you know, develop the platform more? Are you going to go out to more markets? Like there's a lot of different ways you can grow. You need to understand what their plan is. And they really should have a sharp answer for that. If you're talking to the C-suite, because they should have had these conversations with their investors. And that's why they know this is the way they're going. It's a huge red flag. If they're like, well, we're going to do a little of this, a little of that. We're going to see kind of thing. I think, you know, the clearer they are on their path to growth, the more likely you are to be successful. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I can uh, only agree. <laughs> um, talking more about um, requirements. Um, I mean, obviously, you have done this uh, a long time, um, but you're not at the finish line at like your own growth and your own learning, right? Um, so how do you make sure that um, that a job gives you the opportunity to to learn something new and to to grow in what you're already like excelling? Yeah. So I think you know I'm a pretty upfront person, and I'm just saying you know I'm ambitious. I want to grow. This is how I see my path. I'm not stuck on the title or on these things, but these are the things I'm good at today. Here are some of the things I'd love to get more involved in. So, you know, I've done B2B SaaS marketing, early stage, you know, C, A, B, you know, I would love to get to C in marketing, D rounds. Um, but also I really want to dig into sales and, and see how I can support on the BDR journey, or I want to go into RevOps or whatever it is, you know, to well, to round yourself. Um, I think it's really good to be upfront in the beginning and just say, I'm looking for someone to help me continue to grow. Even though I might be at the highest level of the marketing department here, I'm still going to need some, some interesting opportunities um, to continue learning. And I think most you know, people would respect that. And I think it's also okay to say, I don't know exactly what that is, but just so you know what you're getting, like, I'm going to ask, I'm going to put my hand up at some point and want to do some more things like um, just to, continue to be a good leader and, uh, and um, have a better like 360 understanding of the business. And I think what you're, what you're pointing out there also really speaks a lot about personality um, because, you know, obviously like uh, learning and growing is a big uh, driver and motivational factor for you. Um, so how do you, how do you see uh, personality tests in the, both in the application process, but maybe also how they use further on. And of course, also as a marketing leader um, in your, in your team. Um, so that's a part we haven't talked about um, yet. Kind of who in in your team do you do you want to meet uh, through uh, like in the application process? Yeah. So my thought on personality tests are they can be helpful if you know they're actually used for talking points. Um, sometimes you're asked to do them and they just you know kind of go into the abyss. But a lot of times it's just for especially if you're running through a executive search or a headhunter, like they'll kind of run those personality tests and it's to understand do you know yourself i typically find that i do and i will say i know i am kind of outside the curve on this and here's how i see it i'm behind the curve on this and it doesn't mean this you know i just kind of try to put context to it um but also i'm one of those people what you see what you get so it's very <laughs> it's very easy to to get a read on me personally um, but it's more about saying, like, I was in an interview where I had one. And I said, great, I know me. How does this fit with your leadership team? 
like, is this going to yin and yang for you guys? <laughs> and, you know, the answer was like, oh my gosh, we're looking for this type of profile. Because at another interview, I just was like, I have this personality, but so does everyone else in the leadership team. Like, how do you as a leader deal with that? Because that's a lot of personality. <laughs> so I think um, it's just as about understanding how that fits into the mix um, in terms of the team. Um, it's different from size to size, but typically I see it as a positive, as a chance to kind of get to know people that you would be working with. Um, I think the important part is just kind of expectation setting up front for both sides. Like what is the purpose of this interview and what is the agenda? So I've walked into it where it's like, we just want you to meet them and there was no agenda. So I luckily have pretty good experience in leading conversations with marketing teams. So I ran it, it wasn't a big problem, but then I don't know that they got out of it what they needed because, um, you know, there was no agenda from their side. Um, and then similarly, I've been in instances where it's been awesome because they just, you know, totally asked me a million questions. Like, and I think that was a really positive experience because I was able to see what's important to them, you know, what challenges they have and, and kind of depict it from there. So I think it's a positive point. It just needs to kind of, to your point back about like, what's the process? Like if it just suddenly gets introduced, ask a little bit as to why, um, but definitely embrace it. Yeah, and I think already there you're also giving another great point of um, if things change uh, throughout the application process, um, no matter what that might be, um, it might be, yeah, that extra steps are getting introduced. Uh, sometimes if it approaches end of month and they, of course, also want to make that uh, that higher uh, steps all of a sudden get taken out of the process to, to fasten it. Um, but it can also be uh, other things. It's important to, you know, yeah, ask the questions and don't don't shy away and to make clear you want to understand why these changes are happening. Um, is that something, you know, related to other factors? Is it some, something related to you as an as an applicant? Um, because, yeah, of course, then there's all of a sudden a lack of transparency. And I think also it raises a tiny bit the flag of, okay, if this is how they approach the application process, it could be a general way of how they work. Mm-hmm. Um and while it can be fun and exciting to work in an ever-changing uh, company, um, it's, of course, also a, a red flag because that could mean, um, yeah, I mean, budgets could be changing constantly. The agenda could be changing constantly, right? So it allows for this doubt of, okay, how stable is is, is are the operations, basically? Absolutely. I think... It's also about what stage the company is at. You can expect it earlier stage. Um, and one of my processes, like, I just need to understand if every decision in the company is made this way by committee or, you know, how is this? But I also understand that, like, we need to get this hire right. It's such an important hire. Fair enough. Like, do all your due diligence you need. If you've thought of things along the way, back to that point of just being like, I just want to understand why. What was it that raised this question? What can I help better clarify? what's the agenda so I can kind of make sure that I'm presenting myself best as possible. There was a case where I was like, Oh, we would just really want you to meet with these two people. It'd be really great. Okay. And it's nothing. I said, should I prepare anything? No, it's just an opportunity for them to get to know who you are. It has no bearing on the decision process. Okay. Went in just kind of not as prepared as I probably should have. That was maybe on me. Um, but it was like one of the harder interviews in the process. Like it was, really hard hitting questions from two different departments. So it was really like hard to pivot, like product questions, marketing questions. And um, that 
I think actually ended up being the point in which I missed that opportunity because I wasn't prepared for it. And they did have a say in the hiring process and it was an interview. It was not a meet and greet. And that's really where you need to kind of, even if they say it, always prepare. Yeah, I think just in general, yes, always prepare is a great thing. Or like it's, it's super important, both on what are the questions that you have at this stage mm -hmm. um, that you need answers to. And I think especially, you know, I think that is something you don't have when you are earlier in your career and you also don't kind of allow yourself to have that. Um, but poor people should. It is completely fine for this to be your second role and you still have questions and you still have requirements, but even more so, of course, at marketing leadership level. But then at the same time, also be be <laughs> prepared. And that can be really difficult if you're not given all the, all the information on uh, what you can expect. Um, but that's uh, yeah, that's the only way to kind of stay afloat because uh, it is really difficult to meet a lot of people and get a lot of questions um, while trying to figure out kind of how this how this fits in uh, what uh, what you want expect. Yeah, I mean wild rides all around. It's it's an employer's market, and that's the way it is. Um, and like I said, I have full respect for for companies doing their due diligence on finding the the right candidate for them, and ultimately that benefits you as a person as well. Because if it somehow doesn't work out, it's probably for a reason, right? Um, so I think that that's only fair, and uh, you just need to kind of armor yourself and prepare yourself, right? and uh, not lose momentum. I think you know burnout is a thing as well because you're talking to a lot of people and. You're fielding things, especially, you know, when you're not in a position, if you're, you know, like me, I don't have anything else going on. So I'm probably saying yes to too many things um, just to kind of see what's out there. But um, it does come at the cost of like making sure you're prepared for literally everything. And, and that's just one of the things that I'm learning to navigate and have many lessons under my belt so far. So you are keeping uh, keeping learning and that's a massive upside. Exactly. <laughs> Cool. Anything else you would like to uh, to share on um, Red Flex uh, insights on how to rock uh, applications? Yeah, I think, you know, we've said it a couple of times already, but be true to yourself. You know, as much as I should take my own medicine in this sometimes, like it maybe it helps to hear it from other people. Like if you lost your job in a layoff or, you know, your company went bankrupt, it's not you. Nothing's wrong with you. So sorry, but you're not that important. The company didn't go under because of you. And I'm saying this to myself. <laughs> um, so, you know, don't settle. Just like employers aren't going to settle. You should not either. I would say on the red flags thing, there's some, you know, ones we've talked about that are pretty typical, but there's going to be little ones specific to a company. Write them down and make sure you get them clarified and make sure maybe you ask them to several people in the organization. So it's not just the person who said it. It's like, okay, dig into it with them, but also circle back to, you know, one of the other people you've spoken with or the next person say like, this has come up. How do you see it? Um, just so you're really aware. And at the end of the interview process, if you're getting that far, like just make sure they're all figured out. Like it doesn't mean that there's a perfect answer to each of them or that um, any company is perfect. They all have error or, you know, flaws, so to speak. It's just, are you able to live with them? And I think part of that is also knowing your must haves and your nice to haves. So, you know, being really good about that, like, must have um i really want to be remote or i really want to be in office these kind of things are really important because it's your every day um and then what the nice to haves are and the things where you're willing to bend and compromise on 
And I, I think you make another really important point also with, with, with checking these things um, and, and how you approach these things. I mean, you know, it seems to be you're a very critical thinker as well. So that, of course, also means like, you know, it's completely fine for a company to see that and for you to ask a lot of questions because you're doing your due diligence as well, mm -hmm. that you will actually, you know, be there and thrive and be at your best every day. Um, so you're not asking these questions has the downside of they don't, you know, kind of know what they're what they're getting and you're setting yourself up for potential failure of uh, you might not uh, thrive fully because you feel like you're gonna you're gonna have to like uh, hold back. But that can also be especially difficult when you are um, at the level you're at meeting uh, leadership, meeting the CEO who obviously like, you know, has the highest stakes, as you say, in the in the company. Um, and especially so with the CEO is also also the founder, right? I mean, that is their like uh, their baby, so to say. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely paraphrased things with like, excuse me for a minute, but I'm going to call your baby ugly. Okay. <laughs> you know, just here's where I see something. I, I think you just need to be transparent. And back to your point, like if they don't receive that well, it's not a good match. Um, and, you know, especially when you're working with founder-led companies, you need to know that your voice is heard and that it's welcome and that asking questions should be a good thing. If they don't like you asking questions, it's probably, unless you're the kind of person that just wants, you know, a, a order list and to go do or just really operate in a silo. I don't think I'm speaking of too many people when I say that, though. Um, I think that that is a, a thing you really need to look out for. And, and hopefully, I mean, in my experience, I want to say, I don't know, four out of five are really open for questions and, and see it as a strength. And really, even as my own hiring, like the questions people ask give you so much insight into who they are, what they care about, how they're going to perform in the team and, and you know, these kind of things. So I think questions are really important. And it's, yeah, of course, having some prepared and advanced and doing your due diligence on the metrics and things like that. But ask as they go. Um, you know, it's, Things will pop up. You need to kind of uncover them as, as they're said or write them down and get them back at the end because these are the, the details, right, that, that I think are the most important things to figure out. Yes, and just when you said that with like, uh, you know, you also like to receive questions um, when when uh, you are the hiring manager, I see it exactly the same way. And especially as you said, with like, um, you know, for me, it's so important to see that they care. Um, I rather take some things off the off the list of this is how you know the the perfect match of uh, the profile of a person we're looking for, if they come with passion and willingness to learn. That outweighs for me um, skills that you can that you can pick up and learn. That uh, you know they actually have to drive and the passion. So of course it's also something uh, uh, I want to have and uh, and you clearly show that uh, you have for your job. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks so much uh, for uh, giving us all your insights and best of luck. Thank you. Um, I'm sure uh, soon there will be an exciting LinkedIn update. Um, and yeah, I hope to uh, to have you on sometime. Uh, then you can uh, tell us all about uh, your new experiences um, and uh, how you're driving growth at an amazing company. Well, thank you, Julia. I certainly hope so as well. I, I think the future is looking bright. I'll say it that way. It definitely is. Thank you and bye. Thanks, Julia. Bye.